And uh, I'm kind of deviating from a traditional pattern. I, I do know that it's Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday is the day where Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding on the back of a donkey and and the, the people see him coming as a fulfillment of prophecy, and they, some scriptures say that they, they lay their clothes down in the path of him. Uh, others say they take up palm branches and begin to say, Hosanna, which means save me, and, and, he, and he comes in, and, and it's a triumphant time. Unfortunately, Friday's coming <laughs> where there's not much triumph, but I want to deviate a little bit this morning because uh, John chapter 11 really points us to what the victory is all about. Uh, The cross, per se, wasn't his triumph. Yes, he beat sin, hands down, defeated it. But bear with me for just a minute. If he went to the cross, but there was no resurrection, we have nothing to celebrate, nothing. We shouldn't even be praying because he's dead. And so I love this great story that you've probably heard before, but we're going to read through it because it's a foretaste of what he's promising us, that it's not just for him, but it's for you and it's for me. And it doesn't always come the way we want things to come, but God has such an ability to see what the needs are and step in. And and remember that if you're in a place this morning where you're wondering, I don't know why I'm here, I don't know, I feel stuck, I, I feel there, then, then you're a candidate this morning for God to do something in you at his leisure. And, and get this. Many times he does things in our life, not because we beg and pray and plead. He he doesn't, we can't twist his arm, but he does it to get glory. He does it so he can say, you see that miserable mess that nobody can help? I can help. You see that situation that seems hopeless? I can bring hope. You see that battle that's too big? I can fix that. And when he does that, he gets the glory. It's not us that say, hey, look at how I stepped up and pulled myself up and I just, I just bit down and just decided I was going to go through it. Well, sometimes we can do that, but oftentimes we can't. And we're going to see a situation right here that gives us hope for what's coming next Sunday. Okay? So it's not a traditional Palm Sunday message, but it's a Sunday Palm Sunday message because it's talking about the resurrection, but just not Jesus's. That's next week. So I invite you, if you're new with us this morning, if you're, you just stepped in here, I invite you to come back because you're going to hear all about Jesus next week and all about what he did for you and how he overcame all that. But this morning, we're going to talk about how he showed us how he was going to do that before he even did it. So John chapter 11 Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, that was the town that he was in, and the town of Mary and her sister Martha, this this little family that Jesus had gotten to know. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, and that's a whole different story, man. That's a powerful story. You should read it sometime. But her brother Lazarus was sick, verse 3. Therefore the sister sent to him, him being Jesus, saying, Lord, The person that you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, now again, he's not with them. He's sitting with his guys. Look what he says. This sickness is not unto death, or this sickness won't end in death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God, that's him, may be glorified through it. Now look what he says. 
Lazarus is sick, but he's not going to die. And, and the glory is going to come for Jesus through this situation. So maybe you're wondering, why am I getting sick? Why am I dealing with this? Why am I dealing with that? Maybe, just maybe, maybe Jesus is ready to step in and get some glory out of it. Now, if you're just being stupid and sinning, there's no glory in that. That's just you being stupid and sinning. Stop. The situation's there because you made it come there, right? But if it's not because of that, if it's not because of sin, if it's because of the tax, if it's because of life around you, then Jesus can step in and do what nobody else can do. Let's move on. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sisters and Lazarus. So notice this. He loved them. There was a great relationship going on. And when he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days. Now, that doesn't sound like love. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. Jesus doesn't always follow our plan. Because if you love me, you'll hurry up and get here so that I'll stop being sick, right? That makes sense. Bring me chicken soup for my soul. Bring me a good book to read. Pray over me. Anoint me. Whatever you got to do. I'm done being sick. So come here real quick and make me unsick. But Jesus said, I love them, but we're going to stay here for two days. Have you ever been in one of those spots where you're wondering why Jesus is late? What's taking him so long? Why isn't he showing up? I've been praying and praying and praying. This is your story this morning. Then after this, he says to his disciples, let's go up to Judea again. Now the backstory behind this is the last time they were in Judea, the Jews threatened to grab him, stone him, and execute him. So they're not pleasant with Jesus in Judea. Okay? In fact, that's the last place that he wants to go, and that's the last place that he feels welcomed, is because there are people there that are ready to pull him in, accuse him, and kill him. Okay? But also remember that he loves Lazarus and Mary and Martha. So he says, after two days, let's go up to Judea again. And the disciples think that Jesus has a, a case of short-term memory loss. They said to him, Rabbi... Uh, lately, the Jews sought to stone you there. <laughs> and you're going back there again? Did you forget what happened last time? Did you forget that you barely escaped? Did you forget all the hostility? Did you forget that these guys are still royally ticked off at you, and yet you're going to go back there again? Look what Jesus says. Are there not 12 hours in the day? Now, obviously, Jesus didn't live in Longview in the wintertime. <laughs> or this would have been, are there not four hours in the day? But notice what he's saying. There's time he's talking about. If anyone walks in the day, in the light, he does not stumble, right? Now, who's the light of the world? Jesus is. So look what he's saying. There's time, and when you walk with me, we don't stumble. That's what he's saying. Move on. Because he sees the light of this world. We can walk where Jesus walked because he's the light of this world. And if we'll walk where Jesus walks, we won't stumble. Good message this morning, right? Going on. But if someone walks in the night where Jesus is not, in the darkness, in ignorance, in sin, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Look what he's saying. You guys have to understand. And what he's really, he's really 
kind of given a backhanded speech to the disciples, you guys want to walk in darkness. You guys are worried about what the Jews are going to do. You guys are worried about what other people are going to do. You need to be worried about what I'm going to do. And maybe that's you this morning as well. You've been listening to other people. You've been impinged upon by other circumstances or pressures, and you don't need to. It'll cause you to walk in the dark. Jesus said, you walk in the light as I am in the light. And then you don't stumble. It doesn't make the hill any easier, but you won't stumble. And stumble is just a euphemism for sinning and falling down. He's like, if you don't want to stumble, you keep following me. You stay in the light. Don't you know that there's times to walk and there's times to not? This is what he's saying. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Now, you got to remember, these are not spiritual gurus. These are just ordinary guys, some fishermen, some tax collectors, just regular old folks like you and me. And sometimes Jesus forgets that they don't see what he sees and thinks what he thinks. And so he says, hey, our friend Lazarus is sleeping. And so they're thinking, hmm, this is a good thing. Look what they said. Verse 12, made sense. Then the disciples said, well, Lord, if he sleeps, good. He needs the rest. Then he'll get well. You see, they're only looking at it from one perspective. They're only looking at it from a human perspective. But Jesus is seeing in eternity. Jesus is seeing through the spiritual. And look at what happens. However, verse 13, Jesus spoke of his death. Now, Lazarus' death, not Jesus' death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Okay? So let me insert this right here so you get the, the point of everything he's saying. Jesus comes in and he says what we don't see and he believes what we don't believe. And this is what he says. Lazarus is sleeping. And if you read through 1 Corinthians and 1 Thessalonians, you'll see a lot about people sleeping. And I love that because here's the reality. If you have the hope of the resurrection this morning, you only fall asleep. Why? Because when you fall asleep, you wake up again. Okay, seven people nodding their heads. The rest of you, you got to catch up. Come on. You should have stopped by the coffee shop. You should have got here earlier. When you take a nap, you're going to wake up again. If you don't, what happens? Is it a nap? It's a long nap. (laughs) But do you see the hope that he's trying to get into these guys? Lazarus is sleeping. Oh, good, Lord. That's what he needs. No, you don't understand. I'm talking about he's dead. But when you die in me, it's asleep because you will wake up again. Are you with me? Now, some of you still aren't with me, but you're nodding your heads because you want me to move on. So here we go. Verse 14. Jesus realizes and remembers, oh, I forgot. These guys are stupid. So he said to them plainly. And don't you like that? They're like, great, he's sleeping. This is a oh, good thing. Maybe we should take a nap, Jesus. I think Jesus kind of looked at him and just said, I think he was shaking his head like this. Lazarus is dead. 
And I'm glad for your sakes. For whose sakes? Come on. We should be glad for our sakes and their sakes. What? That I was not there. That you may believe. Believe what? Hang on. What do we need to believe? Nevertheless, let's go to him. No, I love this. this. This guy that we rarely hear about, only a couple times in the Scripture, named Thomas, also called the twin or Didymus. Here's the guy that everybody calls him Doubting Thomas, that, be, you know, Jesus, if it's really you. But look at, he almost takes the stance of Peter right here. Isn't this amazing? Look what he says. Thomas, who's called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, well, let us go also, that we can die with him. If we're going to go up there to, to see a dead Lazarus, but they're not talking about being with dead Lazarus, they're tending to kill Jesus in Judea. He's like, then let's go. Let's go die with Jesus. So Jesus comes, verse 17. He found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. His timing, everybody thought, was off. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Now, you've got to understand, he could have made it there in plenty of time, even though he was walking. But he decided to wait two days for a reason. And maybe you're wondering, why is Jesus hesitating? Why is Jesus waiting? There's a reason. He doesn't want you to suffer. He doesn't want to make you feel bad. But he has a timing that we can't see. He has reasons that we can't understand. And here's what's going on. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, and Martha's the type A, busy, 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 busy. As soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. I've got a thing to say to him. <laughs> I sent to you. I sent a letter to you. I sent word to you. You said that you loved us. Lord, if you had been here. Now think about that. Look at this greeting. Jesus just comes into town. He's rolling into town. He's dirty. He's tired. He's sweaty. And here comes Martha. You listen to me, mister. You talk about all this love. You talk about how much you love us. And you waited. You didn't show up. Where were you? If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And it didn't change that she loved Jesus, did it? But have you ever had those moments? I've had those moments. And if you're honest, you've probably had those moments too, where you cannot hate Jesus, but at the same time, you want to give him a piece of your mind. And if you're like me, you've got to be careful because there's not enough in there to give too many pieces away. Did you know it's okay to give Jesus a piece of your mind? He can handle your anger. He can handle your question. He can handle even the scorn and the disappointment and even you missing it where she couldn't see what he was doing. She wasn't part of the conversation. She just knows, I know a man that could save my brother and I sent word, hope is on the way. And I'll bet you, Martha being Martha, she was waiting, watching the road, coming into town, When's he going to be here? When's he going to be here? When's he going to be here? 
Because I'm sure with Martha that if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. That's the Martha person, right? And she's waiting and waiting and Lazarus getting sicker and sicker. And she keeps saying, hang on, brother. Jesus is coming. Hang on, brother. Jesus is coming. And then pretty soon, I don't know if he's coming. Now, for those of you that maybe you're not that worrying person, look at Mary's or Martha's sister, Mara, Mary. Martha goes stomping out to confront Jesus. And where's Mary? Mary is where Mary usually is, sitting in the house. <laughs> she didn't come out to meet him. And Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Now her faith perks up here, and look what she says. I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. I'm ticked, but I still believe that whatever you say will work. You just ask God, and God's going to give it to you. That's, that's pretty good faith right there. But she still doesn't get it, because look at what Jesus says, verse 23. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And she doesn't run back to the house and say, Martha, Mary, Mary, hey, he's going to raise up Lazarus. Look what she says. I know. I know he's going to raise again in the resurrection at the last day. I still believe that you're God. I still believe that you said there's going to be a resurrection at the last day. He's going to raise up with the rest of us. I I have that hope, Jesus. Maybe that's you this morning, that you've been waiting for your healing, waiting for your healing, and even well-meaning Christians have said, the healing that they'll get is at the end when we all raise up with Jesus. And that's true. We get a brand new body. But you need to know that for you. You need to know whether God's going to hear you or whether you need to learn from this. But I still say we keep hoping like Martha does until it's too late. If we die slash sleep, then it happens. But if not, we keep asking for the miracle. We keep praying for the Holy Spirit to come in. We keep interceding. We don't just give up. We don't just sit in the house like Mary. We must be like Martha that says, hey, You said you could do this. Do it. It's too easy to say, well, if he heals you, then if not, you'll get the ultimate healing. And I believe in that. I really do. But I also believe sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot by not continuing to passionately pray, by not seeking it, by giving in. Just like this time, it's not the time to give in. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Waiting for it. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection. She, she just said, hey, he's going to rise in the resurrection. And notice what he says. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he will live. Look what he's saying. 
You're worried about the end times. I'm telling you, I am the resurrection. The resurrection is not just a time and it's not just an event. I am the resurrection and I am the life. You want life? It's found in me. You want resurrection? It's found in me. Without one, there's not the other. I am. You know what he said from the very beginning? I am. Who? Pharaoh's, Pharaoh, you need to let my people go. Who sent you? I am. He hasn't changed. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he asks a question that gets us ready for next weekend that you need to be able to answer. Do you believe this? Do you? Do you believe he's the resurrection and the life that you need a life in Jesus to find that resurrection that you need to have him as your life so that you can have the resurrection? They both go together that you can't just have one without the other. Well, I want the resurrection, but I want to live my life. You may not get there. You want the resurrection. Let him be your life. I am the life. I am the resurrection. You can't separate those two things out. It's and, not or. That would have really stuck us in a hard spot if he said, I am the resurrection or the life. But the fact that they use the word and, I am what fixes all of this. I am that healing. I am the future. I am the eternity. I am the resurrection. Do you believe this? Because Martha believed it would happen sometime, somewhere that she couldn't control. I believe you, Lord. I believe you're teaching. And maybe you're that person this morning, too. I believe in healing, but when it comes to me, it's easier to believe for other people. When it comes to getting through difficulties, I can encourage somebody. But when I'm in difficulties, it feels like God's forgotten me. When other people are going through marriage crisis and kid crisis and money crisis, I, I seem to know what to say to them and encourage them with faith. But when it's me... I'm still saying, Lord, where are you? If you had shown up, I wouldn't be going through this. Or even worse, you get fatalistic, Lord. It'll just, I hate these type of statements. It will be what it will be. Or it's all good. I hate that one especially. It's not all good. Sin is is not all good. Suffering is not all good. Seeing families torn apart is not all good. People struggling in their faith is not all good. People leaving the faith, it's not all good. But if we can remember who we're seeking and who we're related to and who loves us, remember he loved them and he loves you. But he doesn't always show up on our timeline for a purpose, not to just make you wait. He has a purpose in that. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ. That means the anointed one, the chosen one, the Messiah the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Let me ask you this morning, do you believe this?
I mean, believe it. Because there's a difference between reading it, there's a difference between somebody telling you it, and there's a difference between believing it. I've read lots of things, it doesn't mean I believe it. I've heard lots of things, doesn't mean I believe it. But I can tell you what, I'll put my full life, my full trust, my full hope in a man that can bring somebody back from the dead to show us what he's about to do in just a little bit. And we're getting closer than we've ever been before, church, and yet we've got people losing faith, people losing hope, people getting their focus off of who is the resurrection and the life. They're just trying to live here, and that's not what he calls us to do. Your life is in his life. And His Word is life to us. We are upheld by His Word. He is right there to grip us and to help us hold fast. And no wonder the New Testament says a lot about hold fast to your faith. Why? How long is He going to be? How long till He comes back? Hold fast to your faith. Be steadfast. Keep looking for Him just like Martha was. Today's the day He's coming back. Today's the day He's coming back. And be prepared for it. Why? Because you may miss it just like the disciples missed it. You may miss it just like Mary and Martha missed it. You may say, oh sure, I believe. That's going to happen. Yeah, my folks told me about that. That's, that's going to happen. But Are you ready for me to do it in you? Are you ready for me to do it right here? Because what's funny is she says she believes it, but if you read the rest of that story, he says, move the stone where he's buried, and they say, Lord, he's going to stink. You know what a body would be like after four days in desert heat? It's funny that they say, I believe, but Lord... We don't want to open that door. We don't want to open that tomb. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be smelly. It's not going to be pretty. And yet, Lazarus came hopping out. And we don't know how long he lived. But they now had the hope. That even when it was bad, even when it was long, even when there was a delay, even when it stunk, even when it was messy, even when Lazarus couldn't move the tombstone himself, he still came out. And if he can do that for Lazarus, he can do it for you. And he can do it for me. And you want to talk about triumph, there's the triumph Everybody had done everything they could, but you can't outrun death. Now, we know there's another side of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, right? It doesn't end here. It's just sleep. And you will rise again. Maybe you've been knocked down. Maybe your faith is dead. I don't know what's going on, but notice it can rise again. It may not be pretty. It may not be easy. There may be the delay, but Jesus still does what only Jesus can do. You know what Palm Sunday should be all about? Instead of save now, because he did, for us, it should be come quickly, Lord. Come quickly. But we got to remember he's the resurrection. 
and the life. You want real life this morning? You better find it in Him. It's too easy to find a life out there, your life. But I guarantee you, you find His life and that life will last forever. Because the other side of this story that you don't get to see is there was religious people called Sadducees. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They said, we just have to live here and now. We have to be the best people we can be now because once we die, that's it. And that spirit is still very much alive in the world today. Just live now. Just eat, drink, and be merry. If it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But I'm here to tell you it does matter. There is a risen Savior. There is Jesus Christ. There is the hope of glory. There's a living hope that we have because He resurrected. And if we really want life and love and all that He talks about, then we better find ourselves in Him. And start looking to Him as our resurrection and Him as our life instead of an event somewhere in the future and feel very disconnected. I think He made it personal for a reason. Martha, you believe a doctrine, but I, me, the one who loves you, I am the resurrection and the life. Your brother Lazarus, he'll find his life in me. Your brother Lazarus, he'll find his resurrection in me. You, you'll find your hope in him, your healing in him, your comfort in him, your strength in him. That's where the life comes from is him. Everything else is just existing. (laughs) 